Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2062. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm a, well, I'm back across the pond again. Seems I hop across that little waterway from time to time in a London and with a very special guest by the name of Jim Nichols. Jim, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear and are you ready to release the clutch? I most certainly am. Thank you very much for having me on your show. You're welcome. We're going to have some fun and we're going to get very technical today. Jim and his team and his company are creating some mind-bending, disruptive type technology we're going to learn about today, which I'm very excited about. But first, I'd love for you to share one little story that most people might not know about you, Jim. Uh-oh. Here we go. Uh, oh dear <laughs> I don't know where to go with this one <laughs> yeah well it's a family show so be careful <laughs> um, I, I, okay perhaps something that most people don't know is that besides uh, having multiple careers I, I actually first started off as a child a, a, a fine artist really actually yeah actually from the age of about three or four wow. up until the age of 15 I was doing, you know, uh, portraits and a variety of things. It all happened because my father drew at the age of uh, three a picture of a pig. And from that day, I was hooked. And up until uh, 14, 15 years of age, I was uh, painting and drawing just about every day. And, and, and yeah, I, I really loved it. And I was pretty good at it. And, wow. and then I just did other career changes after that. But I started off as an artist. Actually. Well, this is very interesting. I've had lots, hundreds of artists on the show, and we're chatting on Skype today. And you can see over my shoulder here a uh, painting yes, up on the wall that was sent to me by a Russian artist who listens to Cars Yeah. His name's Ive. And that's me in my Porsche Turbo, the car I call my Orange Crush. And it was such a nice thing for him to do. But my walls in my house are all are covered. My wife's a saint. She lets me get away with this. Uh, with past guest art on my walls. And my father was an architect and an artist. And he always encouraged us to draw. I got one of my degrees is in graphic design and advertising. So my creative yes, side. Yes. But uh, yeah, very fascinating. Well, you know what's interesting about this too is... Left brain, right brain, and the world, the field mm -hmm. you went into kind of combines both of your sides of the brain, right? Yeah. And actually, I would say that although I didn't intend to start this way in, in this call, it does actually play into very much why it is at this stage in my life. I am uh, with Unify. Yeah. Um, I spent much of my adult life working in um, high-tech, significantly semiconductors, a lot of uh, processor and uh, system-on-chip-related activities. But I reached a point where I really wanted to sort of combine uh, technology, art, communication, design, and actually blend that all together to try and help provide compelling user experiences. This is something that has become really important for me. And I can tell you one of the things I really love about my job is that it's like what happened earlier on today. Earlier on today, I was sitting there uh, with an industrial designer who works with us, uh, Simon, 
And um, he uh, was showing me some visualizations of, of work that we're doing uh, with a group antelope. And it, it, it's just gorgeous. And to actually spend your time, you know, studying the design of the smart surface, making suggestions and proposals, et cetera, it really is a bore. Creating technology and then integrating it into gorgeous surfaces. It's just amazing. Love that. This is fun. My son uh, studied and graduated with an uh, industrial design degree from RISD and worked for uh, this little tech company called Google. I don't know where they came up with a funny name. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, combining the creative side with the technology side and how to interface with the consumer. I mean, there's a lot going on here that needs to work well for consumers to have fun. And we all have had bad consumer experiences with technology, that's for sure. So we're going to get into what you're doing. Jim and Nicholas is the CEO of Unify, the leading provider of 3D smart surface technology. The technology unifies non-conductive finger pressure touch sensing with the integration of physical HMI features, including dials, buttons, and sliders. Now this I'm fascinated about. Jim was CEO of MIPS Technologies, leading the transition out of Imagination Technologies into a standalone entity. He was the Executive Vice President and MIPS Business Unit General Manager, GM of ST Microelectronics, Microcontroller Division VP of Marketing for ARMS, Processor Division, yeah, he's got a technical background. VP and general manager of processor subsystems and productivity groups for ST Ericsson and VP of marketing for Tumaz. Am I saying that right? Tumaz? Yeah, Tumaz. Yes, yes. Yeah, indeed. very cool. Yeah. And he's also the founder, owner of Auto. Now, so get this. Say, say this right. <laughs> Auto, Autonym. You say it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's autonomy. 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 There you yeah, go. yeah, yeah. It really does exemplify, I would say, one of the most important things for me, which is, which is freedom. Uh, and what I mean by that is that when I think about missions, it's a combination of autonomy, massive challenge, yeah, doing something incredibly audacious, and the possibility of mobilizing and working with amazing people. Yeah, so autonomy is a way of, uh, of if you like, signposting one aspect of that kind of ambition that I'm trying to unfold. Yeah. Jeez, am I talking to Elon Musk today? Holy cow. Uh, this, is, this is going deep. Well, I love all this. We're going to learn a lot more about Unify and Jim and this uh, magical world he lives in that's going to become very normal, I think, for most of his users. Uh, but first, a word from our sponsor, so please th give them a little love, and we'll be right back. I love Covercraft's new five-layer all-climate cover. It was developed and engineered for anything Mother Nature can throw our way. It's very soft, breathable, and easy to store and pampers your paint and interior surfaces, providing maximum UV, rain, dust, and snow protection. Add their gust guards for windy conditions for extra protection. Their five-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with a quality and attention that's been their standard since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft. Too. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code YA21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just type in the word YAH, Y-E-A-H, 2-1 at checkout, YA21 at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. 
Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my Orange Crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. All right, Jim. So uh, now we've got our listeners very intrigued with what you are up to. You guys are on a cutting edge of launching some things that are going to change our world. So let's dive as deep as you can into what you're doing there, what this means and the way I described it and how that can visualize for consumers in vehicles and who knows where else you're going to go with this. Take it away. Yeah. So so basically, if you use as a point of reference the intuitive interaction that you have when you're using a smartphone or a tablet. So you've got this touch screen and it's now become effectively child's play interacting with that surface. And so what we are about is enabling that kind of experience that conforms to, sh- to the shape of three-dimensional products. Because at the moment, there are a variety of technologies endeavoring to do that. So but the most pervasive type of touch screens are still planar touchscreens. Right. And so effectively, the products are conforming to the shape of, of the flat screen. Okay? There are efforts to actually do the reverse, and we believe that we have technology that actually achieves that in a way that no other technology can do so. So it's about creating smart surfaces, which is, if you like, the generic expression that we use to describe the touchscreen, creating smart surfaces that can conform to the shape of a product, whether it's a coffee maker, whether it's a home appliance, whether it's the interior of a car, but also superimposing onto that sculptured three-dimensional form, three-dimensional HMI features such as dials, buttons, and sliders. Also, the ability to integrate into that surface grooves and haptics, which then means that, for example, when you're in a car, you can continue to have your hand on the wheel or, or looking straight ahead and then, you know, just run your fingers along the, the surface, uh, uh, feeling uh, grooves, getting haptic feedback, using finger pressure sensing so that when you hit the place where you need to to trigger some sort of uh, function, right, you get the necessary sensation. But you're doing all of this whilst not turning your head away from the straight ahead. So from an automotive point of view, that's part of the joy. But a critical point I want to stress about our technology is that, if you like, we make it possible to make plastic and glass surfaces of any shape smart. And our disruption 
is we do that without the need to integrate into the smart surface, the active part of the smart surface, any esoteric materials or requiring any non-standard manufacturing processes. And there's no other technologies capable of giving unparalleled design freedom, a rich range of HMI features, and also the underlying cost structure of just using plain and simple plastics and glass. And if it's plastics, just using multi-shot injection molding in order to, to form and integrate the smart surface. Okay, now that i got to prop my jaw up here because it's wide <laughs> open, I'm going, what? <laughs> this is crazy. This is wild. This is so cool. And it's, it's about to be reality. It is reality. It is. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It, it, it is. It is. It is. It, honestly, I get more and more excited about this every day. I mean, you know, um, what's lovely about, about Unify and being a part of it is that, you know, I've been in many roles and, you, you know, you always do your best to, you know, find the best way of positioning that, that opportunity and, and having the best run at making it successful. And my career has been wonderful. Yeah. But what's really lovely about this technology is that I just have to say that it almost speaks for itself. I, I hate to say it, but it's just such a cool technology. Yes. It's, it's actually so simple. We patented it to the hilt. So we've got a high uh, freedom to operate. But fundamentally, every time we've spent our time with technologists or people creating products, and we've described the architecture, they've got it and they've been blown away by it. No kidding. It's just, yeah. So the initial concept where this all came about, was this primarily used in the automobile or were all these other uses also a part of the process of designing this whole system? So when we first came up, up, up with it, so to give a little bit of background, I'm sort of, if you like, a, a, a late entry founder. Originally, there, were, there are two gentlemen, Dave Lomas and Dave Dern, and they came up with an idea for a robust tablet. They've got a, 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 a background in creating intellectual property. And so that drove them from an engineering point of view to try to do something that was going to be an invention and defensible from a patent point of view. Um, and there were two directions this was going in. One was to enable remote working. We're talking about, you know, about a decade ago, enable remote working by using tablets uh, and basically having uh, connections via Wi-Fi between uh, distinctive entities. But the other part, the more romantic part, was that Dave Lomas uh, had at that stage a, a young daughter and he wanted to create a robust tablet for her. And so, so then the question comes, if you wanted to do something robust, you know, what would you make it out of? And, and, and one of the answers is plastic. You just make it out of plastic. Right. But, but you wouldn't then make it out of a technology like a smartphone because that's not a robust uh, a touchscreen. You just have to see the, the number of cracked touchscreens you can have. Right. So the idea was to, to come up with a way of doing this from a robust point of view. So then that then led to a, an idea which was to, if you can imagine, the way in which light propagates through a fiber optic cable. 
And basically, our technology is a laminate that comprises, if you like, two fiber optic cables in parallel, okay. separated by a material that ensures that when you're touching the top surface, that's the only point at which light from that top surface goes to the bottom surface. So the top surface is a touch layer. And the bottom surface is a detection layer. Right. And in between is, to use technical jargon, a material of low refractive index, which actually ensures that as long as you're not touching the surface, no light moves from the top layer to the bottom layer. Now, the wonderful thing about this approach is that because you're containing light or modulated infrared in the material, it means that you can have that material conformed in three dimensions okay right but significantly because our technology is zonal, zonal which means we can decide which parts are active and which parts are, are not we can have complete design freedom i know that some of this is a bit of a leap for, for a call call like this <laughs> yeah. but all our customers and all our potential customers that we're engaged with have seen the fact that we are able to address unparalleled design freedom which means that you can just have at it yeah. for whatever you want to create. The architecture makes it possible not only to have built into it finger pressure sensitivity with a dynamic range, which is far superior to what you get on a, a, a mobile phone, but you could, we can actually add other features. For example, an inherent property of this technology is you can use gloves of any form uh, on, on this surface, absolutely any form. Wow. Um, and so you can you can have a, a wide range of HMI features that coexist on that smart surface, which means that in terms of interaction, you can create a highly accurate human body model. That's the concept of being able to do from a smart surface point of view what human beings do all the time. We engage our senses right. to have a very accurate understanding of the world around us. And we can help enable smart surfaces that kind of do the same. It actually is able, because of the variety of sensors and actuators that we can have integrated, it makes it possible that as you're interacting with our, one of our, our smart surfaces that we enable, it means that you can actually get to understand the characteristics and the behavior of the user and get to, if you like, optimize a bad experience so it's highly personalized uh, and, and enhanced over time as a function of whatever service might be integrated as part of that smart surface the fundamental thing though to go back to the point is that we're making a lot of noise in automotive because automotive uh, you know bless them they are more likely to engage with an early stage company if they think that company's got something disruptive and we are blessed in the fact that they've seen that in us. Right. And it's really lovely. I mean, Hyundai, they, uh, they spotted us in 2019. And they've been tracking us and following our progress. We've been giving them regular updates until we reached a point where they've licensed our technology. Group Antolin came a little bit later. And they may not be well known around the world, but Group Antolin is a, a leading tier one, uh, automotive tier one. They're, I think, the world leaders in the overheads. When you look above your car and you see the ceiling and you see uh, the material of the ceiling and you've got, you know, control panels, et cetera, et cetera, 
they they are uh, one of the world's largest shippers of that kind of technology. But they also do door panels, central consoles, etc. And so with them, what we're going to do is to bring to life the possibility of making the decorative trim within a car functional. We do that by an increment on the basic decorative fit uh, trim manufacturing process. It doesn't take a lot to go from the default to the decorative trim to making it decorative plus functional with our technology. And you just can't do it with the opportunities for design freedom, rich HMIs, and the cost structure that we can offer. Uh, You know, we don't eat our own dog food. We spend a lot of time (laughs) going out there, really challenging the competition and trying to understand what's going on. And even our competitors who are associated with in-mold electronics have seen that we've got something disruptive. So the cost floor is very important because the cost floor means that we can go just about everywhere. So we're in automotive. We're building a very strong uh, position in appliances. We're going after smart consumer. So the first wave are those three verticals, automotive, appliances, uh, and smart consumer. And then other ways will follow, including medical, industrial, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking medical. Wow. Well, now that you got us all lathered up and ready to go, when are we going to start seeing some of this? What's your time frame look like? So I would say that in automotive, one of the things we have to bear in mind is that you've got these EV uh, disruptions that are being driven by Tesla and uh, a number of uh, companies in Asia, which means that from the point of view of having a relatively mature technology, you can see a vehicle with that technology in uh, within 12 months to, to two years. Okay, But I would say that in our case, we'll probably be out there in a car during probably as early as 2025. I think that's when it will happen. Wow. Wow. In, but in the meantime, uh, what we're going to do is we'll, we'll probably have already gone to volume production by the end of 2023 stroke 2024 in a combination of smart consumer and home appliances. Yeah. We're going to use the consumer and appliances side to really home and mature our technology. Meanwhile, from an automotive point of view, because, you know, <laughs> it's unfortunately, I haven't reached the point where I can talk about these things. Yeah. But some of, the, some of the car companies that I'm sure that you love, they've shown a lot of interest no in kidding. our tech. No kidding. And so, you know, I'm going to places in Germany and in Italy, actually doing demonstrations, establishing contracts. I have to tell you, Mark, it's, it's such a joy to be part of this company. Oh, it's just man. out of this world. Wow, this is super cool. Uh, the future's here. And uh, as I, I called uh, Jim at the beginning of, of the call here today, Mr. Magic Fingers, because uh, what they're creating here is really going to be magical for all of our fingers and our eyes and senses and everything else. This is super exciting. We'll take a short break for our sponsors. We come back. Let's talk a little bit about challenge, and then we'll get into your passion for cars. So sit tight. We'll be right back. Woo, this is cool stuff. <laughs> I've teamed up with AutoGeek because... 
Well, they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, for more than 20 years. Their Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax is specially formulated from Brazilian Carnuba Wax. It's easy to apply on any paint surface and provides that warm glow that we love, especially me on my vehicles. You're going to love it too. A favorite of car shows countrywide, Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax from AutoGeek wipes on easily, requires no drying time, is easy to remove, and provides up to 90 days of protection against damaging environmental contaminants. This wax is designed to exceed the standards of the most discriminating enthusiasts and collectors. Go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their very skilled technical support. Autogeek.net. That's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey and be sure to use the code cars. Yeah. When you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom. Linkage geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at linkagemag.com. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand-mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship, and their goal is is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. All right, so we're back. So I always ask my guests about a big challenge. Now, what you guys are doing is challenging, creating new technology, big time. But you could go anywhere with this. It's really more about something that really set you back, maybe even a big failure in your life, in your business, whatever. It's more about how you turned it around into a really valuable learning experience. So take us on a journey. Yeah, there are phases in your, in your life where you, you look upon failure uh, as being a really bad thing. And with the passage of time, you, you turn that on its head. So I'll give you an example. I, I would say one of the, the first situations I faced was in the early 1990s. I, I had moved to Sicily and set up a design team in Sicily with, with uh, two other colleagues. And we built a, a very powerful capability. But during the early stages in 1992, 1993, we were trying to build uh, some leading edge communications chips. It was state-of-the-art stuff. And we were under a huge amount of pressure to get it out. 
you know, yesterday. And, and long story short, we got it out and it didn't work. And uh, I, I kind of knew it wouldn't. And I was upset about the fact that we had to do it, but we did it. But it was a massive learnings because in point of fact, what happened was whilst the rest of the organization moved on to other things, I spent my time reverse engineering this design to try to work out, you know, what had gone wrong. And what I learned from that and what I worked with the rest of the team on from that became the underpinnings of a methodology that actually paved the way in parts to the company that I was in, becoming the world leader in, in system on chip. So, it, so what was extraordinary was, I mean, the failure was catastrophic, but we learned stuff about what I at the time dubbed electrical verification. So there was always this concept of functional verification where what you did was you built circuits and then you ran a, a number of tests to make sure that the functionality of the actual device compared well with the specification. But when you're building electronic circuits and certainly semiconductors, there's another aspect, which is whether the model that you're using to represent digital behavior actually correlate with the underlying physics of the semiconductor. Okay. And so, and so what I started working on was the correlation between the digital model and the underlying physics. And, and then we, we actually then developed methodologies that meant that when we were designing chips, they had a much higher likelihood of, of actually working first time because we paid very special attention to that coherence between the actual fabrication world of semiconductor devices and the modeling world we were using in our simulation environment. Yeah. Well, many times out of those disasters and those failures come all sorts of interesting things. That was a that was a fascinating story how that all came back around and worked for you. But yeah, at the time it hurts. It hurts. It, 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 it was horrible because in fact what happened was the whole of the team moved on to other stuff mm. and I was on my own yeah. working through this problem. <laughs> and, it, and it felt very much like Jimmy No Mates. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy <expression>. No Mates. <laughs> but, 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 but eventually... It, you know, it was a transformation yeah. in my team and the company. And actually, it was a transformation in my career. So, so that, that was the bizarre thing. It was really, I mean, to actually have the stain of a, a failed chip was a big deal at the time. But we, as a company, we just turned it on its head. It's amazing. Well, congratulations. That's, that's a wonderful story. I love it. Let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. We'll jump into some kind of vehicle that has great <laughs> meaning for you. Maybe share a story about that ride. Okay. okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So I, I have to tell you, I have to declare that, that the car that I really like, I think of all the cars at the moment, is the Panamera. I actually, I actually love the Panamera. And, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to get one soon. Cool. Cool. <laughs> but, but I would say that the car that I drive at the moment, uh, and the car, one, it's one of the car I'm fondest of, is the BMW uh, 6 Series, uh, what is now the 8 Series. Yeah. And the reason why is because, you know, for my size, so I'm six foot four. Okay, yeah. It happens, <laughs> to, it happens to be one of the few, if you like, man-sized coupes that you can have. Right. I absolutely adore coupes. 
and, and, and I, I really like, like this car. But, but anyway, so the funny story, which is really embarrassing, I'm not really sure how to talk about it. But oh, I, come I'm on, gonna... share, share. <laughs> so within a month, a few months of buying this car, I, and actually not many people know this. Okay, they will now. <laughs> <laughs> within a few months of buying this, this car, which was, I think, in, in 2020, I ended up by not driving it for 14 months. And that was because I was in nomad mode. And what that basically meant was there had been some changes to the traffic regulations in a particular part of, of England, uh-huh. which meant that I kept on getting clocked oh. by a particular camera. And, and the thing was, was that what should happen is you should actually receive uh, uh, the letters and then that should correct your behavior. <laughs> yeah, it should. <laughs> <laughs> so in the end... It transpires. Long story short, I ended up with about, you know, 15 of these citations. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And despite my having negotiated to uh, uh, reduce the uh, the uh, the ban, I-, I ended up by being banned for about 40 months. I don't know why I'm admitting to this, but that's <laughs> the truth. So I-, I wasn't driving for about 14 months, but there wasn't a better time to not drive, uh, unfortunately, than during the pandemic. Well, yeah. So in fact... It- it had, it had zero impact on anything I was trying to do. But you can imagine, I've just bought this car, Mark. I've only driven it for a couple of months. And then, and then, then I have to banned. watch it park there for 14 months. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. You know, those darn cameras, and, and in Europe, I've traveled many times over there, and they're, they're all over the places in different countries. They're hidden in bushes. And we were... <laughs> We were going to the Bear Jackson auctions in Arizona, myself and two other guys, and we rented this very cool car and we took off. We we're heading up to the hills and we're going through this corner and I wasn't driving. I was in the back seat and I happened to look up and I see a traffic camera and I point and I go, you see that camera there? Well, the ticket we got was all three of us, the driver with a look on his face with his eyes wide open, me pointing at the camera <laughs> and the other guy laughing. And uh, yeah, those darn things will get you every time. So, uh, well, now we all know you're a scofflaw. So that is what you are. I'm going to be your car psychologist here to Jim J- today, Jim. And this will be a, a fun journey into your skull a little bit because you're a fun guy. If you were reincarnated, as a vehicle, manifest as a vehicle. This isn't what you want to be. This is how you perceive the man in the mirror. What would you be, but more importantly, why? Uh, um, I think, I, yeah, I have to say, I, I, I'd be an X6. An X6? Okay, why is that? Yeah. Um, so it's changed now, but of its time, that was one hell of a sexy car. Mm, okay. And I'm not sure. Have you ever driven one of those cars? I have. Yeah, I, oh, it surprised so, me. So, it surprised me so, when I did. I didn't think I would like it. So I had one of the uh, sort of like original uh, three liter jobbies, and actually it was a three liter diesel, which is quite surprising. Oh, yeah. But it, it was an it was an amazing vehicle. So I, what I like about it, it was it ha- it's got this sort of desirability, this muscularity, this it, it's handling for what it is is astonishing, and I actually. When I think about it, there is a modeling of that. Because you asked me a question, I never really thought about But there's a modeling of that, if you like, how I've seen myself when I was younger and fitter. In other words, I'm not, let's dismiss this, dispense with the sexy part. But just <laughs> thinking about the, the, the fact that despite my size, I used to move really quickly. And, and the reason why was that during my teenage years, I was much shorter than average. 
So I learned to be fast in movement. Oh. And then at the age of 16 and a half, 17, my, my, I, I sort of grew about six to eight inches wow. within a matter of months. What? And the, and the phenomenal thing about that, yeah, it, it really was. I mean, I remember going away for summer holidays, coming back, and then having to have a chat with my parents about changing my clothes because they couldn't fit me. The stuff that I'd worn yeah. in one year couldn't fit me uh, after, after the holidays. The fascinating thing about that was when I persisted in doing sports, I had the speed of someone who was much smaller, but the size of someone who was much bigger. Smaller, yeah. and, and, and when I think about the X6, that's what I think about. Yeah, when that first came out, we went and looked at that. The thing that we didn't care for at the time was how the back comes down and we needed luggage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The back seats, you know, didn't have a lot of room. We had a little kid, so it didn't matter. But still, I thought it was a pretty cool looking car. Yeah, and uh, definitely BMW. We've had two X5, still have one in our family. Great cars. I've had uh, four M3s. I've got a beautiful E46 M3 that's oh, 18 wow. years old, 17 years old. I, I bought new, but um, yeah, they're really cool cars, but uh, they made some fun stuff. So how about reading and great books? Is there a great book you could share with us today? Oh, <laughs> oh gosh, I've been doing I've been doing a lot of reading lately. Well, good. Um, you know, I would say it's not so much a book. An author that I really like a lot uh, is Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, sure. I think that the way he builds a story is just extraordinary. And I think I've enjoyed more of his books than uh, so. So he's got he's got a, a book that he's written. Uh, I, I can't remember the title. Uh, it's 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 got bomber in the title, but it it, it actually goes through and, and, and describes uh, various aspects of how the U.S. military over a period of time, you know, addressed um, you know uh, the Second World War and beyond. But what was fascinating about the story for me was the way in which he seemed to consider the various different perspectives, the way in which the British uh, Air Force responded to the Second World War versus the US versus what was going on in Japan. You, you just need to go on this journey with Malcolm Gladwell. And whether it's uh, Blink, The Tipping Points, or anything else, it, 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 I, I find I find his, his stuff incredible. I really do. The Bomber Mafia is the title. That's of that it. Book. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Very cool. Yeah, awesome. Good. Yeah. Great reads. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely an awesome guy to read. So before I let you go today, I'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive, which means I'm going to open the big Cars Yeah checkbook and buy you any vehicle in the world. You can drive it anywhere in the world, and you can be with anyone in the world or somebody who's passed. That opens up the opportunities. So what does the ultimate drive look like for a guy like you, Jim? Okay. I have to say that, so the place that I've spent most of my adult life is Sicily. Mm, okay. Uh, I was there for 12 years. 12 years? I, I have to say, wow. yeah, I have to say I love that place probably more than any other place in the whole world. I would say that, yeah, I, I, I've been my Panamera. Okay. And I would say that uh, the person I would really enjoy spending some time in was uh, Muhammad Ali in his younger years. Oh, wow. That would be very unique. Yeah. 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 I think you're the first guy to mention him, which I'm a little bit, there might have been another one. It's getting harder for me to remember all of them, <laughs> you know, 2,062 people. But yeah, most definitely. Why am I thinking of him? Because somebody I just 
something I just saw had to do with some people that had gone and met him, just went into his offices way back in the day, and he spent the day with them and talked to them about his religion and about thoughts on life and all of this. But wow, what a combination. Sicily in a Panamera with Muhammad Ali. You took us on a unique tribe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because because I have to tell you, I don't know if you've been there, but you I really have, need to go to Sicily. You know, I'm not. It's just I'm, an incredible place. The people are extraordinary. Yeah, I've spent some time, but all up in the north end. Um, the furthest I got down was Rome, uh, high school, or right out of high school, college. My dad and my sister and I spent three weeks going all through the region and so forth. But I used to import products from northern Italy for a catalog company I was a part of, and we got to travel there. And I loved like Lugano and all that area in northern, you know, had a kind of a Swiss touch to the Italian flair and visited... Uh, Bologna visited the uh, Ducati dealership before I bought a motorcycle there. And yeah, and of course, Ferrari, Lamborghini and all that. But Sicily, haven't been there. I got to put that on my list. Yeah, very cool. I love it. It's a lovely pathway. Sounds incredible. For many reasons. Yeah, no kidding. Well, you've taken us on a just absolutely fascinating trip today, Jim. You know, I always say what I'm doing is like Forrest Gump's box of chocolates. I never know what I'm going to get, but it always tastes pretty good. It leaves a great taste in your mouth. And you have been awesome today. I'm so excited about what you guys are doing. I just can't wait to get in a car and see all of it and go, you know, I right. talked to it's the guy be back when this was first just coming out. <laughs> I know that guy named Jim. Uh, before I let you go, could you share some parting words of inspiration with our listeners? Uh, yeah, I, I would say that for me, um, I, I have the pleasure of spending my days and my nights, you know, having a ball. But it wasn't always like that. I think that the various stages in your life, you have to do the work to build your competence in whatever it is that you've decided to invest in. And I would say when you're younger, that's not always very clear. I mean, I, I said my journey started in art and then it it moved into music and then it moved into technology i was even a sort of like an amateur thespian at one stage so there's all sorts of things that you may be interested in but there'll come a point at which hopefully it'll just click into place but then the next trick is to try to work out how to increase the percentage of your day your time that you're having fun mm. And I would say during the last decade, I moved from 30% of my time really enjoying it to now I'm sort of 90, 95. In fact, the, the, the part that I'm not enjoying is not even worth thinking about. I'm not even aware of it. It's a ball. It really is. <laughs> well, you know, you found the secret sauce to life. And that's why you're smiling all the time, Jim. That's uh, <laughs> not too many people figure that out. Sometimes it takes a long time, unfortunately, but it's uh, oh so important. So very well said. I want to do a shout out to our mutual friend, uh, Anna Tackett at uh, Public Relations Air that connected us. Anna, thank you for bringing another awesome guest, inspiring guest here to Car Show. Before I let you go, how could people learn more about both Unify and Atananananamanamana? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, for the purposes of... Uh, my day job. We'll stick with, with Unify. Unify. <laughs> I, I mean, basically, basically, just get on the website. There, there, are, there are some contact details there. Okay. You know, if you just get in touch with us or, you know, get in touch with me via LinkedIn, yep. you know, 
you know, Jim Nicholas. It's 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 apparently according to my children. <laughs> Easy to find. You just Google me, you can find me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Go see. I did that because I love Jim's laugh, and I wanted to hear that last laugh and share that with all you listeners there before I let you go. But I'll put links to how to reach out to Jim uh, on his show notes page here on the Cars Yeah website. Uh, most definitely, you've taken us on a wonderful journey, my friend. I uh, can't wait to see the future with you and your business and Unify. Thanks for being so generous today. Thanks for your wonderful smile and kind generosity. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Very much appreciated, Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!